All right, everybody, welcome into the program. Uh, good morning, hockey. It's a wonderful Friday here. I'm your host, Tassos Kirkos. We are on the Alethio Podcast Network, and it was a great night of hockey last night. It was a night of hat tricks around the league. We had uh, TJ Oshie with his sixth career hat trick, Austin Matthews with his 11th, and Pasternak with his 18th. It was a night of dominant performances. Ottawa takes down Montreal 6-2. The VGK take down the New York Rangers 5-1. Same score in the Philadelphia-Dallas game in favor of Philly. Our Chicago Blackhawks lose in Buffalo 3-0. And it was a night of scoring against your former team. If you were TJ Oshie, if you were Nathan Walker, if you were Nazem Kadri or Brett Howden. And Vancouver becomes the first team in the NHL this season to hit 30 wins. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about some games tonight and the rest of the weekend. And we'll we'll bounce around some other topics. And uh, we thank you for joining us in today. Um, so Vancouver is the first team to hit 30 wins this season. They defeat the Arizona Coyotes 2-1. to one. Dakota Joshua with the game-winning goal. And uh, Thatcher Demko was really solid when he needed to be. Elise Pettersson got the other goal for the Canucks. It was uh, kind of a low-event game if you were watching it, probably the most low-event game of the night. But one that uh, really solidified Vancouver's spot atop the NHL right now uh, when it comes to who is serious. And I we talked a little bit yesterday about the trade deadline and where these organizations might be going, which teams might be looking to add and when and who and where. And it seems as if the Vancouver Canucks might be that team that really decides to push all their chips into the middle and go swinging for the fences on a big piece because their plays earned it. So um, lots of hockey to get to today. We're going to uh, we're going to start actually now uh, in Canada. We're going to stick in Canada and the Ottawa Senators defeat Montreal six to two and uh, theme of the night. Like I said, a lot of dominant performances. Ottawa just looked shot out of a cannon last night um they knew that they needed that win against that opponent and they took it to them it was Brady Kachuk getting the scoring started but it was Tim Stutzla who uh really created the well-rounded effort for the Sens and led the charge he had uh, a goal and two assists he now has seven points in his last three games after having only one assist in the seven games before that so nice to see him come into his own it's um imperative for Ottawa if they really want to keep making noise this season, and if they want to get themselves back into a playoff race, Stutzla is going to have to be a, a big part of that. So um, the Senators take down Montreal 6-2. to two. Uh, They will next face off on Saturday afternoon against the Winnipeg Jets. So um, that should be also a good one, Winnipeg coming into town. The, uh, the Brady Kachuk effect in... Ottawa. So he scores the first goal. It's a great shot. And you can tell that he is willing this team more than ever. Um, so I, I was on natural stat track a little bit. And Brady Kachuk is also leading the NHL right now in penalties drawn at 28. We got we got two Kachuks in the top three of that. Matthew sitting at number three. But um you can tell that Brady's all over the play and he's physically engaged and he's trying to engage others both on his team to be involved and in the other team to take the bait. And a lot of the times they have. Um, it's been a bit of a topic of discussion around the NHL if the line of Brady Kachuk and what is too far and what isn't too far. But considering he's leading the NHL in penalties drawn, it 
makes me believe at least that he he's doing what he needs to be doing. He's leading by example in Ottawa. And if they are going to get to where they want to be, it will be emulating the style of their captain. So Ottawa defeats Montreal 6-2 uh, for the Habs. That's a that's a tough loss, but they um, Cole Caulfield scores again. He he looks good. He and I think for Montreal, I know they're still in a playoff race. They've played a few more games than the teams chasing them, and that they they are chasing. So. Um, but there is still life at the Montreal Canadiens dressing room. And I think personally, I believe that as long as Cole Caulfield is scoring, then everything is all right in Montreal because this isn't supposed to be a year where you make the playoffs. And when we consider everything under the, the perspective of, uh, expectations, Ottawa had higher expectations than Montreal going into the season. They're supposed to be further along in their winning curve, than the Habs, and so when Ottawa has a disappointing season like they've had so far, it it's negative. It's a negative around the league. It's a negative in Ottawa. People are talking about it. People are wondering about the future of the organization and what's happening with some of the players. Whereas in Montreal, they're plucky. They're they're underdogs in a lot of games, and Marty Saint Louis has them playing detailed, determined hockey. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about how Slavkovsky is playing better. So. As long as Cole Caulfield keeps putting the puck in the net and developing the ability to score in all types of situations. Yesterday was a nice shot off the uh, went off the glove and it ended up trickling over the line, but it was still a nice shot. It, it was Cole Caulfield getting open in space, receiving a nice pass, entering the zone and firing a puck. And yesterday's goal was, or two nights ago's goal that we talked about yesterday on the program was... Um, Caulfield going to the front of the net and jamming in a loose rebound for the game winner. And that's great for Cole Caulfield. I mean, they, they eventually this kid is a perennial 40 goal borderline 50 goaler in the NHL. So if they can make sure that he maintains his creativity and maintains his scoring touch, even though the Canadians might not win a lot of the games in which he scores, it uh, it, it's a good thing for the for the team and for the city. So, um, let's switch down over to our capital of our country here in the U.S. The Washington Capitals defeat the St. Louis Blues five to two. We mentioned earlier T.J. Oshie with his sixth career hat trick. That being against his former club, the St. Louis Blues. Um, Nathan Walker scoring both goals for. Uh, St. Louis, and I wanted to bring up Nathan Walker for a second because he is a former Washington Capital. He um, won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals in twenty nine or twenty eighteen. So um, he he has some experience with the Capitals organization. They they drafted him after he came over and played for the Hershey Bears. It was an interesting situation when it happened, and they developed him. And uh, we all know Nathan Walker is the first Australian born and raised player to make it to the National Hockey League. So it's nice to see him score two goals for his second and third of the year in his seventh game. Um, he had 29 points in 30 AHL games. And I know the Blues have been calling him up and down looking for a spark in the bottom half of their lineup. So uh, he has been providing that, even though they lose 5-2 to two to the Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin returned after missing the previous three games with a lower body injury, as they were calling it. Um, he looked pretty good yesterday. And the thing about Alex Ovechkin, everybody wants to get on the fact that he's not scoring at the rate that he's usually accustomed to. He uh, is in that much-talked-about pursuit of Wayne Gretzky's goal record, and he's not that far off. So 
everybody's looking at the OV goal counter and waiting for him to put one in the back of the net every game. And I think with Ovechkin, what you see is, one, the Capitals are winning, which I think makes him happier than scoring goals. Um, I know he gets more excited than most when it comes to scoring goals, and I know that a lot of people believe that that's the sole purpose of the Capitals now is to make sure that Ovi gets that record in the the red, white, and blue and um, make sure that they have a team that's capable of getting him the goals. But at this point, you look at it, and Dylan Strom's putting pucks in the back of the net. TJ Oshie has the hat trick. Tom Wilson's been scoring a bit for the Capitals, and they're getting depth scoring all around the lineup too. So Alex Ovechkin, one, it hasn't been... I wouldn't say necessary for him to put the pucks in the back of the net, but it's not like the Capitals are scoring because are not scoring because Ovechkin's not scoring. They're getting goals from other parts of the lineup. They're getting contributions from all around the lineup. So the Capitals defeat the Blues five to two, like I said. And um, every time people expect this Capitals team to fall off and not stick around, they continue to do so. So even though they currently find themselves out of a playoff spot, they are right there with the likes of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Detroit Red Wings and the, the Carolina Hurricanes even. So um, it'll be interesting to see where Washington goes. Um, Dylan Strom's been really good too. He he plays with Ovechkin a lot. And what's funny is that you see Ovechkin setting up Strom for a lot of these goals. Strom's a shooter. He's not the distributor that Ovechkin was used to with Nicholas Backstrom for all those years. So it's uh, it's nice to see that Ovi is just as happy with Washington scoring goals and as a team and winning games as a team. And I don't think many, like I said, many people did not anticipate Washington to have a 581 winning percentage right now. A lot of people just thought that, like I said, it was going to be all about Ovechkin getting the goals. And, you know, now he's not getting the goals. And um, But Washington's getting the wins. So I think I'll take that for now. Um the game that was postponed, the game we previewed two days ago, but we didn't get to watch until yesterday, was uh, the Chicago Blackhawks visiting the Buffalo Sabres. That was Uko Pekka Lukanen's second straight shutout. There might be a goaltending controversy brewing in Buffalo, or maybe it's not even a controversy at all anymore. Maybe it is UPL's job until it's not. Um, the Blackhawks are right back at it here tonight in Chicago against the New York Islanders. They will uh, they will host that team. We will watch out for that. I think Peter Mrazek will get the starting goal for the Hawks. We will see if they can put one in the back of the net. I would bet that they do um, after last night's performance. they It was pretty lackluster, but you could tell that they weren't really thrilled about it. And Luke Richardson said after the game that he expects more from his club tomorrow or tonight. So um, we will keep an eye on that. And um, Buffalo's looking good. Uh, Zemgus Gergensen's had a really good game yesterday. Um, you know, we can talk about a goaltending controversy, but it's not really so much of a controversy as, uh, Buffalo's in a crucial part of their season. They are really only one game under 500 if we're eliminating the loser point. So they're right there. They're right in the thick of things. They're right behind the Canadians and a lot of these teams that they're chasing and you need to play the goalie that gives you the best chance to win. And if that is not Devin Levi and that is Ukapeka Lukanen, and you're going to play him, then you need to send Devin Levi down to Rochester so he can get games in the American Hockey League because he is a young goaltender who needs to play. That and Eric Comrie has been very good since joining the Rochester Americans, and he might 
be better suited to be the backup to UPL if that is the direction that Buffalo wants to head in. Now, I know that the the Sabres believe in Levi a lot, and they have a plan to which they want to stick. And um, you saw Zach Benson yesterday. He had a good game, and that's another interesting case where uh, not a lot of players pick 13th overall, just enter the NHL right away. That is not generally a spot where you find a player that becomes an uh, immediate lineup contributor and immediate lineup member. So... Um, and Benson's just looking good. I know he hasn't scored a whole heck of a lot more past his beautiful first NHL goal, um, but he is a water bug out there. He's in front of the net on the power play. He is creating chaos and disruption and um, finding a niche for himself in the league, which is really cool to see. And the interesting part with uh, Benson is if they'll keep him past the 40-game mark so that it – uh, that, that'll be the mark where it uh, counts towards a year of free agency for Benson. So um, I don't think they end up sending him back to juniors. I think we're kind of past that point here. Maybe they do when I'm proven wrong, but um, we'll see about that. So Buffalo defeats the Blackhawks 3-0. The Blackhawks, like I said, will be back in action tonight against the New York Islanders, who might be the most interesting team in the league. We can get to them a little later, but... The Blackhawks will play them tonight. The uh, Buffalo Sabres will host Tampa Bay Saturday afternoon. So uh, we will keep an eye out for that one, too. That should be a good game. Tampa Bay uh, won last night against the Minnesota Wild, 7-3. Victor Hedman had four points, a goal and three assists. That first shot of his was a bullet. That was a very difficult shot. Philip Gustafson didn't really see. It was kind of uh, off the stick of Hedman and... Behind Gustafson before he really even noticed, uh, Walteri Mirla got his first NHL goal. And he's a 25-year-old Finn, and he won the Finnish championship last year. I um, I want to get this right. He was a La Liga champion, and they also won the Champions Hockey League, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, played for Tapara last year, and um, they won the Champions Hockey League, and... They won the the Liga in Finland. So he had 33 and 41 last year. And uh, Tampa Bay signed him. And he that was his 15th game yesterday. And it was his first goal. It was his first point. We'll see. Tampa Bay's really been uh, stretching the roster thin, if you want to put it that way, trying to provide a spark for their team. I know that... Um, Kucherov is leading the league in scoring. He was going again yesterday, and they have had some brilliant performances from some players. Uh, Braden Point's been good at times this season. Steven Stamkos has been excellent. Um, Vasilevsky seems to be finding his groove again, and Tampa Bay's won four in a row. So um, they're doing well. Uh, we'll we'll see if players like Mirla end up being part of the solution in the lineup long term, or if it is uh, merely just a stop in the road for the guy. But uh, Regardless, congrats to him on his first NHL goal. It was a beauty. So um, Tampa Bay wins 7-3. to Minnesota will be in Florida tonight to take on the Panthers. So they'll finish off their Florida swing, and then they'll be in Carolina on Sunday. Uh, like I said, Tampa Bay will be in Buffalo on Saturday and then in Detroit on Sunday. So um, great game for Tampa Bay, though. They really took it to Minnesota on ESPN, and it was uh, – a really thorough team effort. Anthony Sorelli also had two goals. The first one was very nice from him. Um, 
it looked like the Wild were in this game longer than the the score might suggest. So it uh, it was a lot closer. When we were talking about dominant efforts, I, I didn't include this one among them just because even though, like I said, the scoreline was four, it uh, kind of got away from the Wild later on in the game. So um, Tampa Bay wins, and we haven't even gotten to the real highlight of the night. And the highlight of the night was the Owen Tippett goal. Uh, Philadelphia defeats Dallas 5-1, to one, and um, you see this rivalry in football mainly with the, the city of Philadelphia and the city of Dallas, and when it comes to the Eagles and the Cowboys, those two fan bases do not take a liking to one another, um, and I don't feel like you see that extend into other sports. Uh, you don't really have that in baseball. You don't have it in basketball. Uh, I feel like in basketball, they're in two separate conferences, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, and you don't really see it in hockey. But last night, you could definitely tell that the the fans in Philly understood who they were playing and what city they were from. And even though there isn't that big of a rivalry or a history between the Dallas Stars and the Philadelphia Flyers, yesterday it was a uh, a game where the fans were really into it. They, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was really good. Like, the fans were passionate. Uh, Philly had an opportunity to really um, assert themselves against a team that is considered by many to be a Stanley Cup contender, and they took it to them. That was a dominant performance. That was something that we... One, haven't seen out of Dallas. They've normally put up a better fight in a lot of their games and performances than that. But uh, something by Philly that we haven't really seen. Not that uh, they haven't been doing great this season. They're second in the Metro right now, which nobody thought they would be in right now. They've won five games in a row. But taking it to the Stars like they did last night, like I said, the score was 5-1. to one. The shots were 43-15, to 15, though. And this game was never close. This game was really never close. The Flyers were all over the puck. Uh, Sean Walker gets the first goal off a wonderful pass from Morgan Frost, the between the legs along the wall kind of deflection pass to uh, streaking Sean Walker down the, the middle of the ice. So that was great. And then Tippett gets two goals. And the first one was good enough. The first one right off the face off, grabs the puck and just rips it. But the second goal, and I wish we could clip it and just throw it in here, but we can't. So but he, Owen Tippett's coming down the left wing side. He enters the zone and he's got a defenseman on him. And you think he's going to take it and just cut right across the middle and maybe try and take it to the net or rip a shot from the top of the circle, maybe try and inch his way in a, as far as he could. But instead, he goes full Patrick Kane and, or as they said on the broadcast, full Denny Savard. And he hits brakes, does a, you know, spin move and rifles a backhander over the shoulder of Jake Gottinger into the top right corner of the net far side. And that's one of the best goaltenders in the world right there. And yes, that was the, the fifth goal he had given up, but um, still that's one of the best goalies in the world. You don't anticipate him beating him that clean, that cleanly when you are entering the zone one-on-one -on -one with a player and just the power and the, the force that that backhand was delivered with was really impressive. Uh, Raven, you, you caught that goal, right? Yeah. What, what did you think? I mean, I, I think the answer is just ridiculous, but... It was insanely impressive. I mean, I think, like you said off-air, when we were talking about this, you thought he was going to kind of dive towards the middle and try to make a move like that, but he just 
fully went in with the backhand and knew what he was going to do and just let it fly. Yeah, Owen Tippett's been really impressive. He leads the NHL in rush attempts, too. He's, he has 15. Um, and a lot of people I know that when they made that trade with Florida and they sent Claude Giroux to the Panthers and they received Owen Tippett, a lot of people were questioning the belief that Owen Tippett could be a John Tortorella-type player. He's not physical enough. He's not involved in the defensive play enough. We know that Torts preaches block shots. We'll get to that in a second, too. But... Um, Owen Tippett was not really thought of by many to be this kind of player at all, one, and two, in a John Tortorella system. But Owen Tippett is becoming a force and is honestly becoming one of Torts' favorite players. You can tell. He's using him in a lot of different situations, putting him over the boards when, whenever Torts needs a spark out of the group. So you can tell that he is leaning on Owen Tippett a lot and tippett has been rewarding him. He So he's now up to 19 goals. Flyers win 5-1 over the Stars. And uh, a quick shout-out to uh, Nate, Nick Sealer. Nate Sealer? I think it's Nick Sealer. Um, he, uh, it is Nick Sealer. He is um, tied for second in the NHL with black shots, just behind Jacob Truba. So uh, emulating that Torts style of play, you're not going to play for John Tortorella, and you're not going to, you're not going to play for him and not black shots. So, uh, Nick Sealer leading the charge on that. So the Flyers are doing really well. They uh, continue to impress when a lot of people don't really give them a shot. They're going to have a really good test on their hands with uh, Colorado coming to town to visit on Saturday afternoon. So we shall see how that one goes. They'll also host Ottawa on Sunday in uh, a pair of afternoon games on the weekend for Philly. So that was a great one. Um we should get to the hat tricks, I guess. Um, so Austin Matthews has his 11th career hat trick, his fourth of the season, which is mind-blowing at this point, and the Leafs defeat the Flames 4-3. to I guess the key for the Leafs is uh, starting in a deficit as opposed to building up a lead. And so they, they fall behind 2-0. Igor Sharangovich makes it one nothing, and Nazem Kadri scores against his former team his 16th of the season. That one kind of trickles in the line off of Mark Giordano. That was a tough bounce for him, you could tell. And um, the Flames build a 2-0 lead, and then it's the Austin Matthews show with, you know, Toronto didn't look like they had a lot going on in the first period, and then Matthews makes a wonderful move off of a great play by Noah Gregor to keep the puck in the zone one-handed and gets it over to Matthews, puts it through his legs, rifles it by Vladar. It's 2-1. Then Matthews scores again early in the second. Mitch Marner gets one off an awesome passing play on the power play. And then Matthews gets his third to make it 4-2. And then everybody in Toronto is on the edge of their seats. Andrew Mangiapane makes it 4-3. And then Connor Zeri ties the game in the third, only to have the play called back on a video review because of a missed stoppage in play on a hand pass. And I don't think personally I've seen that one called before. We've seen goals called back for goalie interference for an offside that was missed, but I've never seen one called for a missed hand pass, but we got that one yesterday. And the replay was very close too. like the puck barely grazed off of the guy's glove. And when it landed on the stick of the other player, there were a lot of sticks there. Like this call really could have gone the other way. And if it had, then the Leafs would have been, in the same position that we've been talking about all week where they have been not able to, excuse me, hang on to leads. So 
Um, they end up hanging on for the win, four to three over the Flames. They'll take on Vancouver on Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow. And that game would have been a lot different. The storyline would have been a lot different had the Maple Leafs lost this game. So um, very imperative that they won the game. And it seems to be that uh, Austin Matthews needs to get a hat trick for the Leafs to win. No, I'm I'm just kidding around. But um, the Leafs do hang on to get the win. But like I said, that wasn't the only hat trick of the night. TJ Oshie got one against his former team. And David Pasternak asserted himself over the Colorado Avalanche. The Bruins beat the Avs 5-2. David Pasternak, like I said, he had his 18th career hat trick, which is mind-boggling. I don't know that a lot of people, if anybody, thought that David Pasternak was going to be the player that he would be. Um, Also, my new favorite player in the NHL, Sam Malinsky, had another assist yesterday. So, shout out Sam Malinsky, always. And, um, yeah, Pasternak's really impressive. He's at 29 goals now on the season. And... uh, just leading the charge for the Bruins, uh, Jeremy Swayman with another win, too. He looked good in this one. He was very comfortable, very solid. And the Bruins might be the first team in the NHL. I don't think that this has happened before. Raven, maybe you can check this if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know that any team in NHL history has had a goaltender win, the two different goaltenders win the Vesna in back-to-back seasons. So Linus Olmark was the Vesna winner last year for the Boston Bruins, and we all know what a remarkable season he had. He was, the numbers were almost video game-like, preposterous level. And now Jeremy Swayman has been the guy in Boston. And I think they're comfortable. Panos and I have talked a little bit about what do you do with two netminders and how do you work at that? Because it's not like you have just two netminders that are very good and considered potential starters. You have two star netminders in the league. And... There is only one net, so it does raise the question as to what you might want to do going forward because, in my opinion, Jeremy Swayman could easily start 60 games for the Bruins and Linus Allmark would be happy to do the same. So um, the Bruins continue to roll. Jeremy Swayman could, in fact, win the Vesna. That would be a really remarkable story. Um, and I yeah. got the... Do you? Yeah, I, I was going to say, you got it. Has a team ever had two different win- Vesna winners back-to-back? It has happened twice. Really? And it both happened in 1930. It wow. It was the Chicago Blackhawks, the 34-35. to 35, Okay. And the Bruins in 38-39. to 39. Wow. Okay. So it has happened twice already, and the Bruins are already one of the teams that it has happened with. So... Um, but it hasn't happened since the since the 30s. So uh, this would be 90 years in the making if Jeremy Swayman can win the Vesna. Uh, do we have any of the goalies' names on there or no? Uh, I can start looking it up by just searching up Vesna winners. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that might be an interesting little that might be an interesting little tidbit. So I'm trying to find right now about Jeremy Swayman and his advanced stats i've been messing around with uh natural stat trick and i got it for you oh let's let's hear it so we have for the blackhawks in 1933 we had chuck gardner in in goal okay next year we had lauren shabbat yeah and in uh 1938 or 1937 to 38 for boston they had cecil tiny thompson and the next year they had frank brimzik yep so those are the two times okay all right. Love that. I love that stat. That's that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so Jeremy Swayman's already at over 1,000 minutes. He um, 
His expected goals against is only 46. Apparently, it also happened in... Uh, oh, no, this is the the one year where two winners were awarded for the same team. Really? Toronto Maple Leafs, 1964-65, both Johnny Bauer and Terry Sawchuk won it. Okay, so I think the Vesna. I'm not entirely certain on this, but I'm almost they started I'm 99. It to like two, it looks like. So or the best. Did two? it not used to be based off of save percentage? Whoever had the best save percentage, they would just give the Vesna to. It wasn't an arbitrary thing. It was a you have the stats, you get it. So until 1981-82 season, this uh, the trophy was awarded to the goalkeeper of the team, allowing the fewest number of goals during the regular season. Ah, there you go. So that that's probably why you had some some ties up in there with some guys winning the Vesna and some shared trophies. Um, yeah, good, nice, nice work, Raven. That was, that was good. Um, but yeah, Swayman's been excellent. The Bruins have been really good. Um, they seem to have moved past that little slump that they were in, and uh, to take it to a team like Colorado too, who. Yes, it did not look like they had a lot going throughout the majority of the game, but they, um, they, they're they still a really talented team. I mean, Nathan McKinnon scores again yesterday, and uh, I think for Nathan McKinnon it means a lot when he plays original six franchises more than uh, some other players. Like we saw Connor McDavid when they played the Leafs earlier. You saw him really going for that one, and that might just be he's from Toronto and loves playing the Leafs and knows that it's all over the place and most people in Canada were watching that game. But uh, Nathan McKinnon, you can tell he really gets up to play teams like Boston and the Leafs and Montreal and those kinds of uh, organizations. So um, Boston defeats Colorado 5-2. to two. Uh, How about the game we talked about with Avery, uh, Louis McDougal yesterday? He was great, wasn't he? Like, he was just so good. Um, we're really happy to have him on. We'll hopefully get him on again soon to talk more Western Canadian hockey and just hockey in general with us. Uh, but the Oilers defeat the Kraken 4-2. They were down 2-0 real early in this one. Ely Tolvin and scored, and then Jared McCann gets one. Uh, shout out Jared McCann, who no one in that building, we talked about Jared McCann. I talked about Jared McCann's shot a little bit earlier in the week. I don't know if that was yesterday or the day before. The days kind of blend together here, folks. But um, everybody in the Rogers place, nobody knew that that puck went in. Everybody was... Either stunned silent or the whole building had no idea that that puck crossed the line because it was in and out so quick. And Seattle looked like they were going to run Edmonton out of their own building. And Warren Fogle scores one, and then Drysaddle scores, and Warren Fogle scores again, and Zach Hyman gets a goal. And Drysaddle was a factor on all of those goals. He had four points on the night, and Stuart Skinner didn't let in let in another one after that Jared McCann shot that he had no chance on, and. Uh, the Oilers win again. That is 12 in a row for them. And boy, when so we started this company about two and a half months ago, and the Oilers were seemingly dead in the water. And I don't really think they've lost since we started talking into microphones here. So um, really impressive. They're, they're just so good. Um, Zach Hyman scores again. That's his 27th of the year. He's on pace to blow past 50 which would just be remarkable. And um, we're going to see how long Edmonton can take this streak. I, I don't know that it's going to go so far. I mean, we'll see about the Battle of Alberta on Saturday. That's going to be an awesome game. Um, that should be a really good one in Calgary. Um, but 
the Oilers just keep on winning. They they have Columbus on Tuesday after the Battle of Alberta on Saturday. So um, we'll see if they can push this thing to 14. But we'll be back on Monday to see if they at least push it to 13. So, um, like I said, the Oilers defeat the Kraken 4-2. Uh, what other games do we have last night? Oh, the the Predators beat the Kings two to one. Raven previewed that one for us a little bit. Um, the the free agency signings of Barry Trotz. So Barry Trotz brings in Ryan O'Reilly. He brings in Luke Shen, and he brings in Gus Nyquist. And the Predators were a team that not very many people expected much of and we talked a little bit about the fact yesterday that the Predators have more wins than the Kings but I still don't think that a lot of people have been giving Nashville the respect they deserve I think people still think of them as a team that is middle of the pack and might not be able to compete with some of the upper echelon competition in the west and in the rest of the National Hockey League but they keep taking it to these teams, and when you have these, I mean, I, I hardly want to call Ryan O'Reilly a depth guy. He has 17 goals already, but um, Luke Shen's just been awesome for them uh, when he's been able to stay healthy and be in the lineup, and Gus Nyquist has been great. I did a little bit on him earlier in the week, and the fact that he continues to put the puck in the back of the net, that was his 12th. You have one of the best, most reliable and consistent goalies in the league in UC Soros that and one of the best defensemen in the world, too, in Roman Yossi, who got the primary assist on the Ryan O'Reilly goal. And it is just, I mean, it's its very impressive, but to undermine a team that has a, a top goaltender and a top defenseman and a deep forward group, its it's hard to count them out of a lot of games. And I think if the Predators started receiving scoring from all of, from other parts of the lineup, guys like Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista being a little bit more consistent you know, you have guys like Colton Sissons who are really leading the charge offensively. And I don't think that that's how Nashville really anticipated their season going. Um, even when they signed Gus Nyquist, I don't think they really thought he'd have 12 goals at this point of the year. Um, but I, I'm sure they'll take that as a pleasant surprise. And so Nashville wins again 2-1. to one. Um, They just continue to impress everybody, myself included. Um, they will not play until... Monday, it appears, they will host the Florida Panthers on Monday. So they have the weekend off, unless I have something wrong, but I don't think I do. Um, no, I don't. I don't. So the National Predators will host Florida on Monday, and we will see how that one goes. Florida's red hot right now. So um, that should be a good battle of some Southern organizations. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else we got going on here, Raven. Is there anything you're looking forward to this weekend? Maybe not even hockey-related. You doing anything exciting? Um, A lot of homework. A lot work. of homework. Packers play tomorrow, so hoping that they can finally beat the 49ers, but... I don't... I uh, think you might be. Yeah, it's homerish, but we can pray. I can pray. <laughs> yes, prayer is always an option, Um. Whether it is answered or not will be up to the the big man upstairs for you. But, um, yeah, so and, – and we're also at that point in the football season where they're, they're playing games on Saturday. Not that they don't play games on Saturday every weekend when it comes to college football, but the NFL is now taking over Saturdays a little bit too. Um, so that was a good one. The only other game we had last night was uh, Vegas beating the New York Rangers 5-1. to one. We mentioned it earlier, but – uh, Vegas just really ran the New York Rangers out of their own building. No Jack Eichel for the VGK. And um, 
the the Rangers were really never in this one. I mean, Ivan Barbashev was awesome. Mark Stone was really good. Jonathan Marchessault was really good for the Golden Knights. Um, Keegan Colasar with a really nice tip on the uh, Caden Korzak shot. That was really nice. But but Barbashev with the two goals. Mark Stone with a wonderful pass below the goal line on Barbashev's second. So Vegas continues to roll. Uh, Logan Thompson was solid when it needed to be in that one, too. So... Um, the Rangers find themselves in a little bit of trouble, I guess you could say, but uh, I would expect them to course correct pretty soon and that ju- that game just be considered a blip on the radar. The Vegas Golden Knights will host Pittsburgh on Saturday. They'll host Sidney Crosby and the Pens, so that should be a good one. I think the Penguins might already be in town from what I hear. And um, the Rangers will visit Los Angeles. They're on a little bit of a Western kick right now. So they will visit the LA Kings, who... Uh, would very much like to win that game as well. That is a rematch, two of the 2014 Stanley Cup final, if we're still doing those things. How, how many years, Raven, like, does it have to be past a, you know, like when two teams meet in the finals of something and then mm-hmm. it becomes a rematch? Like, how many years do we have to be removed from something where, because I hear, you know, every time Edmonton and Carolina gear up and play, it's a rematch of the 2006 Stanley Cup Finals. and Yeah, after like two years and you got two different champions, I feel like it's kind of time to give it up. You can always mention those games, but I think they're not rivalries as much as you would think they are. Like, It's just a competitive game between the former two best teams. Like, no, I hear you. I mean, so we had Boston and Vancouver. Boston beats the Vancouver Canucks, obviously, in the 2011 Stanley Cup Final. That one is well known, whoever you are. Um, that was the one with the the riots in the streets afterward after a Tim Thomas Game 7 shutout in Vancouver. And uh, that that matchup held a lot of weight and a lot of rivalry to it. And those two teams did not like each other for years after that. And I mean, like... 10 years after the fact, like we're 12 years past that now going on 13 and which is first of all remarkable because I remember that final vividly, but, um, that, that matchup held a lot of weight afterward, but I agree with you that sometimes these matchups don't, and I know St. Louis and Boston held, uh, the test of time for a little bit. Um, obviously Florida and the Vegas Golden Knights played last year and their game this year was quite chippy. Um, but I agree with you. About a couple years is like a good um, sense of awareness for how long those things kind of exist. And then eventually, right, like not everybody is on the team and most of your roster is turned over and the guys don't share that same animosity between them and the other group. So um, heard on that one. So um, four games around the NHL tonight. Uh, Red Wings taking on the Hurricanes. The Devils are in Columbus. Uh, and we already mentioned that the Wild are in Florida to take on the Panthers. And the Blackhawks come back home to uh, play the New York Islanders. I really expect a better effort out of the Blackhawks tonight. Um, yesterday was not very good if you are Chicago. And uh, Luke Richardson was not very pleased with effort. I know that he knows that he is not working with a lot of talent right now. He doesn't have a lot to work with. But he is still wanting to see a more consistent effort out of the group. And... Uh, the Hawks are then going to Vancouver afterward on Monday for a really tough matchup against the Canucks. And first of all, I know Connor Bedard probably really wanted to be in the lineup for that one. He probably had his calendar circled for a hometown return to Vancouver, but he will get that uh, later on. 
So no Connor Bedard for the Blackhawks for at least a little bit. I heard the the uh, NBC Sports panel talking about that, and um, they uh, the NBC Sports panel was talk like the NBC Sports Chicago guys were talking about the 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 potential return for Connor Bedard, and a lot of people seem to think that it'll be the next matchup with Vancouver on uh, February the twelfth. That that could be a good target date for. Uh, Connor Bedard's return, uh, some people guessed a little bit afterward, but uh, I think when you are talking about a player's return from injury, uh, it's that's exactly what it is. It's all guessing. And so the Blackhawks will look to get a win tonight. They're two and eight in their last 10, and um, they know that they have better in that locker room. So we will see how that uh, goes. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm excited for. So the, the Habs will visit Boston this weekend. That's always a good matchup. And uh, Montreal got their first win against Boston in a very long time earlier this season. They defeated them 3-2. to two. Boston got back with them on uh, November 17th with a 5-2 to two win. So that series is split 1-1. They'll play two more times this season, including Saturday. So uh, we will see about that one. That one's got me uh, excited. The uh, The Capitals are also going to St. Louis to to uh, complete a little home-and-home home with, the, with the Blues. So we'll see if TJ Oshie gets another hat trick or if Nathan Walker can get another two goals. Um, We'll see who scores against their former team. Uh, like I said, the Avs will visit Philly. Um, we have a Battle of Alberta Saturday night, uh, Pittsburgh and the Golden Knights at night. So um, it should be a really good weekend. Toronto's taking on the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. So uh, a really good game of hockey. On Sunday, the Leafs are in uh, Seattle to take on the Kraken. Um, the Rangers finish off their road swing in Anaheim. So should be a really good weekend of hockey. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to... Honestly, just sit down and watch all of it. It should be really good. Um, just looking to see if there's anything we missed here on the program. Um, yeah, I don't know. Raven, you got anything? F- filibuster for me for a second. Uh, let's see. It's Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. So happy birthday to the legend. And, um, you know, quotes the Raven. Let's see what else. Um, a little sneak peek towards Monday's. On the gravel episode, we're going to be kind of going over the Haas situation. Uh, we're going to be going over all the cars that have announced their reveal dates and a little bit more that we're going to kind of dive into and unwrap and kind of get a picture for what next season's kind of really look like. So, yeah, that's going to come out Monday. Otherwise, we just recorded a episode of the deep fade with Zach Elliott. So that should be out on wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah. Go check those out. And, uh, I hope that was enough filibuster for you. Oh, it was. So just coming across my desk too. um, the senators have signed forward Shane Pinto to a one year deal worth 775, uh, K in average annual value. He had, uh, 20 goals and 35 points in 82 games last year. His, um, he was suspended 41 games for sports gambling. The, uh, earlier in the season, and so he has missed the first 41 games of the season. Uh, his suspension is nearing an end. So uh, we know he's returned. he's been allowed to return skating with the club, and he has a locker in the locker room again now. So uh, a lot of people anticipated that he would just sign his qualifying offer. I think this actually might be, I think the 775K might be even less than his qualifying offer would have been. So um, he is... Doing the Senators a favor after they kind of did him a favor, uh, from what I understand. So 
nice to see him signed and ready to go into game action. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it for us today here on the on the program. We uh, really appreciate you joining us on this wonderful Friday. Uh, thank you to Raven, as always. Check out the deep fade. Zach and Raven recorded a good episode earlier today. So uh, give that a good listen. We'll be back Monday morning to recap all this hockey that we broke down for you guys. And uh, we'll be back to talk more. Bye, everyone. Have a great weekend.